0: Sota Perak Mishnah 7 5. This is the third of the eight topics that must be recited in Lashon Kodesh as enumerated back in Mishnah base. This one referring to the Barachos Uklalos, the blessings and curses that the Leviim uh, said at the, the mountains of Aval and Grizim when the Jews entered into Eretz Israel with Yehoshua. And the mission begins by saying, Brach to Klolos Ketzad. Now, Ketzad here operates and functions as the word Ketzad normally does, meaning how did they go about doing this Brachas and Klolos? In other words, it doesn't mean um, from where do we know that it had to be in Hebrew, as we had in previous Mishnahs, um, the last two. And ironically, this Mishnah actually won't even say how we know it's true. For that, you have to refer back to what I said in the previous Mishnah um, and the one before, that the um, there's a Gezer shava that says that the Leviim, they had to, and they had to respond, speaking up, saying, and it was in a kol ram, in a loud voice. That's what it says in Devarim Chavzain regarding the Baruch to And when it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem giving the Torah back in Shmos it says, Moshe Yidaber Velochim Ya'nenu Bakol. Hashem spoke to Moshe Bakol with a voice, I'll call it. And there's a Gezer shava from kol to kol teaching, which just as Hashem spoke in Lashna Kodesh when he told the Torah to Moshe, so too did the Leviim speak Lashna Kodesh when they said the the brachos and khalos. Okay, so that's not even mentioned in the Mishnah, for whatever reason. But now we're going to explain how the brachos and khalos played themselves out, how it actually this episode occurred when the Jews came into into Eretz Israel, um, as you see there in uh, Sefer Yehoshua. And which was commanded, i um, actually twice in the Torah. Back in the beginning of Parshas Re'eh, in uh, really in Parak Yud Aleph, there it says after presenting the clauses with Brachs and klalos, Moshe Rabbeinu says them. And when you go into to Eretz Yisrael, you'll have to go to Har Grisim and Har Eyal and deliver these blessings and curses. And then um, in Parshas Kisavo, later on um, in uh, Parak Chavzayin, chapter twenty-seven, it then enumerates you know this procedure and uh, and the specific what end up being twelve. Uh, blessings and curses that have to be uh recited there. So here the mission will enumerate how that played itself out. So Baruch <laughs> Katsad cave in Shaavru Yisrael den when the Jews crossed over the Jordan River, entering into Eritral for the first time, under leadership of Yahushua. Uvo El Har Ves Har Evil, Shomron, they would they went to Har Grizman and Har Evil, which is in the Shomron. Meaning, sort of like north of Israel, kind of as far north, let's call it as like Herzlia is today. So it's south of the Kinneret still. Shebetzad Shechem, um, Shebe'eta Alone Moreh, that is um, beside the city of Shechem, um, which is still there today, of course, and um, where Yosef Itzadik is buried, and so on. So now, the first topic that the mission wants to address is where the brachas and happened. So our mission here goes like review, Hudu holds it happened at good old-fashioned Har Griezmann, Har evil as the Pesukim, demanded, which is by Shechem, um, which is also referred to as Alone Moreh. And we're going to take an excursus for a moment, and we're going to talk about the proof that Alone Moreh and Shechem is the same thing in the same place. It's in the center of Israel, and, um, and uh, we'll have like a proof for that in a moment. Now, there's actually a three mechlokas tanaim regarding this point. So Rabbi Yehuda, like our Mishnah, holds, that they set it at Har Griezmann, Har Evel, which is right kind of in the center of the country, meaning it's quite far west of the uh, Jordan River. And, well, that's fine, because there are like a whole host of miracles that happened on this day um, with the this whole procedure, as we'll describe. So this, one of the miracles was that they managed to get across half the country, width-wise, um, maybe as much as like 60 mil, in walking distance over those mountains, whatever that is, you know, um, to to um, to get to like you know, it's tens of kilometers, um, to get to those mountains all in the same day, they crossed the river. There are others who don't say that's possible, especially since they had to bring these gigantic rocks from the Jordan River bed when the water when they crossed the Jordan, the water stopped, and uh, miraculously, that's part of the miracle there. You see in the beginning of Yeshua, and they took enormous stones from that riverbed and they would use them to write uh, uh, some kind of mishnah, Torah, some repetition of the Torah um, on it. So not only did they walk a great distance, they also carry these enormous stones, which makes it even more miraculous, and uh, therefore it seems that other Tanaim don't understand the story quite as literally as Rabbi, Yeshua, as Rabbi Yehuda as our Mishnah does here. Um, Rabbi Elazar disagrees in the Gemara and he says that the Har Grisim and Har Evel that this happened at was something close to the Jordan River, meaning on the, like, far east, like, let's say, far east of the, i call it conventional Har Evil and Har Grisim. In other words, essentially, there were two Har Grisims and Har Evels, uh, and this is happening at the other one, the lesser one that's close to the Jordan River. Um, there's another approach for Bishmol, who understands that the mitzvahs that have to be done when they enter the land actually kick in um, after the, um, the, Kibush and Chalukah, the conquering and distribution of the land amongst the Shvatim, which took 14 years. So according to Rabbi the whole thing is not a problem that Har-Gris and Har Evel is far away from the Jordan, because the mitzvah to do it when they enter the land was 14 years later, and they had plenty of time to amass, you know, gather themselves way over there. Whatever the case is, we're going back to Rabbi Yehuda, our Mishnah, and he understands it's just miraculous how they got there, and um, exactly where it is, is next to Shechem, which is also called Alonimore, and now the Mishnah will prove um that 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 is the case his proof is because it says so it says you know, he's, he's quoting um from Devarim back in uh in Re when it gives the mitzvah about doing this in the first place when Moshe bin said it it says "Halo hema and it says specifies there when, when you're going to do it across in the river of Jordan River alone moreh the Pusik says do it by elone moreh Ulahalán, and in another place, meaning by Avram Avinu. when he was doing his travels, this is a pasuk. I'm just going to quote now. Um, who Omer, The pasuk says in Bracious Perik Yud Base pasuk Bav, so it's twelve six. Quote Vi Avor Avram, Ba'aretz Avram, Avram Avinu, as we know him today, um, traversed to the land Admakom Shchem Ad. Elon More, He went all the way north. This is, Shechem was the most northern place where he built, um, of his four altars at Avram even built. Shechem was the farthest north. And Elon More. it's the same place. You see that Elon More and Shechem is two names to the same place. So we're bringing that to say similarly over here that the Har HaEvon Har Grizim, which, which was way up there, Elon More and Shechem, same place. Mishnah says, Ma Elon More Hamor Lahalan. Just as the Elon More that we said over there by Avraham was Shhem, Af Ilan Moreh, Hamorkan, same when it says Ilan Moreh in our Pusik, meaning back in in Re'ei, in Devarim, it's also shem Okay, that was a side point. Now, like the, the proof of that they're the same place, shem and Ilan More. Now we're gonna go on to say it says the Mishnah. How did it how do they do it? Har Six of the twelve tribes went onto Har, Har um, they ascended it. That's how Rabbi Huda learns. Vishish shvatim alu larosh har Evel, and another six went on to Har Evel, two separate mountains on kind of either side of Shechem, the valley there. Um, the psukim in the Chumash tell you um, how the uh, who goes where of the twelve shvatim. The twelve include Levi. Um, which gives rise to a question because now the next line of the mission says, ba ba arun omdim lamata In the I'll call it, town between the two mountains, um, the Kohanim and the Leviim and the Arun stood at the bottom in the middle. So that means you have a question to wait a second. So the Gemara asks this question. So says, wait a second. With the Leviim on the mountain? Because the Pusik says they should be there on Har Grizim. Or are they in the middle? So different answers given in the Gemara. Um, Two of the three answers basically say that um, it's just some of the levium were on and some of the levium were down at the bottom, depending on a couple of factors. The third shot is al does mean on, but next to. Whatever the case is, resolving that aside, um, the kohanim makifin es ha'aron, the kohanim would stood in a circle around the aron habris, and the levium es kohanum, the levium stood in a circle, like an outer circle, around the kohanim, like, like concentric circles if you will, Yisrael and then the rest of the Jews were surrounding further away. Half of them, so to speak, on Har Evel, and half of them on Har Griesim. Shnei Amar, as the pasuk says, V'chol Yisrael, all the Jews Nav, including the elders, vishol trav, and it's however that's translated, police, whatever, visholftav, and it's judges, omdim mise umisel laaron. They both, they all stood on either side of the Aaron, etc. Of Now. They, meaning the Leviyam, turn their face towards Hargrizim. They start out by saying a bracha. So you'll see in a moment, what happens is the psukim in Kisavo enumerate 12 different issues. The Mafashim gives different explanations of why these are the 12, I'll call them, mitzvahs that we enumerate. It seems these are the kind of things people do in private, so they have to sort of warn people. These are the kind of things that people who are empowered do. So we're warning against people taking advantage of whatever power they have in the new societies they get into Eretz Yisrael. And the Levine are putting on everyone on notice, you know, not to do those kind of things. And what happens is for each of the 12 mitzvahs, they first say, blessed are the people who do it right, and then everyone says, amen. On both sides of both mountains, then they turn their face to the other mountain are evil and they say, Cursed is anybody who does it wrong. And then everyone says Amen. Okay, so the idea is it's not that the um the people on one mountain or other are giving blessings or receiving blessings. That's not what's happening, or curses, giving, curses, or receiving curses. No, they're just like all of clients are acting together saying, like, reaccepting a covenant, a second covenant, a renewed covenant, that they're going to do everything the Torah says, as sort of essentially symbolized by these 12 issues. So, what happens is, the first of the 12, the Mishnah will illustrate here, it says, So, har grizim. First, they face towards har grizim. The Levim did. Ufaschu They start out with the blessing for the curse. And they said, ish lo ya'ase umasecha. Blessed is the man who does not make a idol or a like a molten graven image. And then the Elove Elu, everybody, meaning the Jews on both of the mountains, own Amen. They both say, yes, Amen, they agree. And then hafchu Paneim Klape Har then Levium turned the other direction towards our Eval. Ufashu and then they started out the curse. And they said, Umaseicha. Cursed is the man who makes a idol or a molten image. And then again, everybody on both mountains agree saying Amen. And they repeated that all 12 times. Until they went through all of the 12 mitzvahs that are listed there in Kisavu. After they did the brachos and Kallos, they took these gigantic stones which had been taken from the river bed um, that they crossed, um, when they crossed the Jordan, the Jordan River bed there. Um, and they built a, an altar out of those stones. They then plastered the stones that were making the Mizbeach. There's a actually, and then it says, And then they wrote the whole, they wrote the Torah down in 70 languages. Um, the Pesach specifies it has to be, like, well-explained. Um, which they understood to mean explaining all the languages, so whoever wants to learn can learn all 70 languages. So um, there is a machlokus again, the tanaim, What happened first? Did they write it um, on the rock itself and then cover the writing with plaster, or did they put plaster on first um, and then and then write on top of the plaster? At all events, whatever happened first or second, um, you, if you're going to say, wait a second, if it's like a behooda that they put it on the, Rock and then plastered it. So then, how is that going to work? Who could the answer? Is the plaster can come off easily um, to be read or whatever, and you can get copies of the plaster. Then they, after they finished their kurbanos and as the, the psukim require and celebrating, then Volano They then took those twelve stones and erected them in their permanent place, which is in Gilgal, um, back kind of by the Jordan, where they set up the Mishkan, and it was there for 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 a time. So they were put uh, the they put the, these stones there as like a testament to what they had done to stay at Gilgal and a message to the world: the Jews are not coming to to Israel. This is what we're committed to. Everyone's welcome to learn and see and know, and um, and this is what we stand for. And this was the day when they sort of made this sort of, you know, declaration of 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 uh, pledging allegiance to the Torah and uh, and these these uh, values. And then they set it up, all done by a series of r- miracles. And in fact, the Gemara in speaks out like how many miracles had to happen on that day for this all to work out the way it did um but the, that's exactly what happened